Welcome back to another episode of Heaven and Healing Podcast. I'm Angela. So this is my first solo episode in a while, so what's up, everybody? Um, This episode today is a super, super extensive one, so you might want to listen to this once or twice. You might want to take a break halfway through. You might want to take some notes. It's all about the music industry. Um, Now, The reason that I wanted to do an episode on the music industry is because I've really been aware of a lot of this stuff for the past two years when I started to wake up to some really harsh truths in 2020. Now, I've mentioned before that I've come to Christ in December 2021, um, but 2020 was the year where my scales started to peel away from my eyes and I started to really see things for what they were and the industry and Hollywood, those were two things, um, of course, one and of the same, but I had to condense, so we'll do a Hollywood episode another time, but those were two things that really um, started to wake me up to the cruelty and the pure evil of this world and just how very tangible that all is, right? Um, You know, I've always believed in God. Of course, it was this new age idea of God. So it was an idol that I had created in my mind. But I saw how obsessed with Satan the music industry is, with um, how obsessed with Satan the the Hollywood is, right? The entertainment industry. And that was really disturbing for me. And it sent me down rabbit hole after rabbit hole after rabbit hole, which ultimately, lo and behold, two years later, led me here, right? So I've been knowledgeable about a lot of this stuff for quite some time. Of course, with the episode, I did do a lot more research on it. And once I was saved, once I, you know, was really saved and born again, music just started to sound different to me. Um, and I've been a huge fan of music my entire life. So a a big part of this is crushing that own idol for my, for myself. And I'm sure a lot of you listening can relate that music was everything to me. I grew up, um, very isolated and bullied and by myself. And so at a young age, I turned to music, um, when I was about 12 or 13, I got really, really obsessed with pop punk, um, particularly the band All Time Low, who I still like. You know, I'm just going to admit that. It's not that I don't still enjoy some secular music, but I am a lot more discerning when I listen to it these days. But um, yeah, just to kind of recap on that, I fell in love with All Time Low when I was 12 or 13. And from there, it just sent me spiraling into an absolute obsession and idolization with music and with these bands. And I used to say that All Time Low saved my life. And at the time, that was very real for me, right? Um, They have the song Therapy about how, you know, give me therapy. I'm a walking travesty, but I'm smiling at everything. And just music that made me feel seen when I was so broken in my youth. And of course, you know, I never needed this music. I never needed these 
these boys, which is what they were, especially then, you know, I needed these boys saving my life. I needed Jesus. I needed Jesus Christ, but I didn't know that. And so they were my salvation. All Time Low was my salvation. Pop Punk was my salvation. I was, I accredited music to the fact that I was breathing for a decade. Um, the obsession with All Time Low only, only deepened as I got older, you know. All throughout high school, it was always All Time Low t-shirts. I had like 40 of them. My senior art project I dedicated to All Time Low. You know, I tried to go to as many concerts as possible, begging my mom for meet and greets so that I could see them and hug them and cry to them and tell Alex Gaskar, the lead singer, that he saved my life. And, you know, one has to wonder what what happens in, in these these musicians' minds when you have so many people saying that to you, right? Um, but that's an entirely different can of worms. But yeah, I really accredited music to saving my life, specifically All Time Low. As I got into my um, later teenage years and early 20s, I started to really obsess over Taylor Swift. So still All Time Low, first and foremost, have to make that clear. <laughs> but Taylor Swift was my was my female, you know, she saved my life in that regard, uh, or so I said, I loved her so much. I was obsessed. And again, same thing, just got deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Um, I honestly blame her um, for how toxic my relational um, dynamics and not even dynamics, but my relational awareness was for Basically, my entire span of age 20 to 27. And that's the truth. Like, I really do blame her for that. And we'll kind of get into why that is later. But she messed me up. She messed me up. And I thought it was the opposite. I thought she was helping me. I thought I was, I was relating to her, right? I thought I saw so much of myself in her. And she made me feel seen, just like All Time Low did, just like all that music did, all that sad music, all that pop punk. If you're familiar with that genre, you know how very sad it is. It's all about like hating your town, hating your life and, you know, just just getting through and hopeless romantic, all that kind of stuff. Nothing ever about God and, you know, nothing necessarily about the devil, but nothing about God. And it, it's all about self. It's all self, 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 self. Um, self-sabotage, self-spiraling, all of those things. So without going too deep into that, because I do want to get into the actual bread and butter of this episode, that's what really sparked my necessity for wanting to do this is that, you know, I personally have such a deep history, deep love relationship with music that for me to sit here and do this and, and say, you know, secular music lies to us. It's it's not actually good for us and it doesn't save our lives. If my 15-year-old self heard this, her jaw would drop to the floor and she would be absolutely flabbergasted and probably a little disgusted with me. She would say, you don't, that, that version of me don't know what she's talking about, you know? But, um, I mean, my heart breaks for my teenage self and my young 20-year-old self who just so desperately wanted to feel better. I just wanted to heal. I just wanted to feel alive. Concerts made me feel that way. Um, losing myself in a show. I used to say that the purpose of life was to lose yourself in a concert. I wrote posts about that. Um, 
it really like it, it would bring tears to my eyes every time I was I was in a show at a show in in that crowd in that atmosphere just surrounded by other people like me and you know the funny thing is all, all those other people like me they were all just as sad as I was we were all using music as an escape we were using music as a vice to try and heal to try and find salvation and it would provide that temporary relief just like everything else that we talk about in this podcast it would bring that but ultimately it would leave me empty so with this episode we're going to get into the science of music um what the bible says about music the history of music um and then dive into some examples of like classic music. Um, and when I say classic, I mean like the 70s, not <laughs> considered classic to um, me, but not so classic that we're going back to Mozart, not there. Um, and then modern music, you know, Cardi B, obviously Taylor Swift. I have to crush that idol too. So, uh, and then finally we'll close with a prayer and sort of like what this all means, like what can we do about it sort of thing and what God's plans are for it. So, I want to just start, I want to preface this by saying I'm not trying to scare anybody, okay? There's a lot of dark information in this episode, and this is not to scare, this is just to make you aware, okay? That's always my goal. So just first and foremost, this is not about making you afraid, this is about raising your awareness so that you have holy discernment, and, um, you know, maybe you're not a believer in Christ, but hopefully this can kind of peel back some of the layers for you and start to make you see that you know, if God isn't real, then why are these musicians so obsessed with the devil? Right? So I don't want to scare you. I just want to bring awareness. And then also I'm not bashing any musicians. Like if you're listening to this and you're like, uh, this hurts because I love to play music. I play the guitar. I love to sing. This isn't about you. This is about the music industry elitists. Okay. The people that have millions of dollars, more money than they know what to do with. Okay. The ones that we see on TV and the ones that we go to stadium performances for, those people, not you sitting in your room playing your guitar, writing a song, okay? Um, I really respect people that can, that have that musical capability because I don't. And honestly, I used to wish I could sing, but in hindsight, I see that God's plan for me was not to be a singer because if I were, <laughs> I mean, he only knows where I would have ended up there because I've always been a really good writer, so... Might have been another Taylor Swift, who knows, and been a part of all this. But anyway, um, so the science of music. Okay, so like I mentioned, this is a little dense, so bear with me, okay? Humans are bioelectric beings by definition, all right? We have electrical currents going back and forth, okay? Our, um, our mind sends signals to our limbs, which is why I can flail my arms around like this. It's, it's why I blink my eyes. It's what makes these words come out of my mouth, um, the receptors in your ears that send signals to your brain is how you receive these messages, okay? We are bioelectric beings by definition. The body sends electrical messages. It's all vibrations and frequency. And now, look, new age people might have a little wall come up when I say that, but um, the vibrations and frequency thing because it is new age terminology, but it's also like literal, it's the literal scientific makeup of human beings. So set, set aside your PTSD from the new age for this episode, okay? Um, now music disrupts those currents. It disrupts those currents, those frequencies and those vibrations that are a part of our bioelectric makeup. And by doing so, it inevitably disrupts the spirit itself because it changes your brain and nervous system. It has the ability to change your brain and your nervous system, 
which inevitably changes your your character, your spirit. And I'll dive into a little bit of that as we go along. So again, bear with me. Um, basically, we go from, when we listen to music, we go from God-ordained frequency to the current and to the frequency of the world, right? So we are born with this bioelectric current that God gave to us upon our birth that is natural, that is resonant with him, but this music comes from the world, right? So it comes from the world and we thus have that frequency disrupt the God-ordained frequency. And this has been happening to us literally our entire lives. I mean, when we were little, we used to watch TV shows where they would sing songs, right? Um, and if you were like me when you were little, you were listening to music you probably shouldn't have been. Like, I have vivid memories of being seven years old listening to Britney Spears. And in hindsight, that probably wasn't the best thing for me to be listening to at such a young age, such an impressionable age. No wonder I grew up with body image issues, um, but I digress. Um, so the human frontal lobe, it's the largest of any mammal on the planet, the frontal lobe, the ones that we have, that is. And the frontal lobe is the control center of the brain. It's where we problem solve and reason. And it's also where the beta waves and the alpha waves function. So beta waves, what are beta waves? Again, listen close, okay? Beta waves are how we dynamically and critically analyze incoming information. So those beta waves, they're active right now. They're active as you're listening to these words. You are taking these words in. You are analyzing. You are critically reasoning as I speak into your ear or as you watch this, right? They're active as we read, as we receive information. And then the alpha waves. So the alpha waves, that's where incoming information is deposited into memory with no interpretation. So it's not, it's non-reasoning. You're not critically analyzing when you're in an alpha state. It's like slow down, it's at peace, it's relaxed, okay? So music puts us in an alpha state. And this is scientifically proven, okay? Science proves that drugs, marijuana, alcohol, video games, television, pornography, that all puts us in an alpha state. Now, why do you think drugs and alcohol are such a big part of festivals, <laughs> rock culture, hip hop, right? More on that later, but just something to keep in mind. Now, right, this frontal lobe, again, it's, it's reasoning, it's the master control center it's how we, you know, regulate our emotions and our language. Within the frontal lobe is the prefrontal cortex. And that is the area where those alpha and beta waves are functioning. Okay? You still with me? The prefrontal cortex plays the, the central role in our cognitive functions. So it's that problem solving, it's comprehension, it's impulse control, it's creativity, it's perseverance. It also plays a critical role in the uniquely human capacity to modulate emotions. And it's where we filter our character, discernment, morality, and spiritual obedience, okay? So again, this is where all that alpha and beta wave action is taking place. So knowing all of this, we then understand that music puts us in an alpha state where we 
therefore cannot critically analyze the information we are receiving as we listen to it. Because those alpha waves, they supersede the beta wave functions in the prefrontal cortex. And Satan knows that. Okay? Satan knows that. Satan knows that music goes into your brain, which changes the receptors and the waves in your brain. Again, it disrupts that God-ordained frequency with the frequency of the world, thus changing your character, your emotions, your morality, your spirituality, where all that stuff is filtered through in the prefrontal cortex, right? So Satan knows how to charm the mind and short-circuit the frontal lobe with music, literally brainwashing you in a way that addicts you to the brainwashing because it puts you in that relaxed alpha state. And think about it, our entire culture, our entire world loves music. And so music is purposely designed to instill morality, atheism, Gnosticism, all throughout the world. Now, remember, the devil mimics God. He can't create anything. He can only mimic what God has already created. So he has infiltrated the design and the purpose of music. Okay? Because God created music. God knows how our brains function because he designed them. He created the alpha and the beta waves. He created the prefrontal cortex and the cognitive capabilities that are within the prefrontal cortex and the frontal lobe. He knows all of that. He created it. It's his. It belongs to him. But Satan also knows that. Satan mimics God. He imitates God. He infiltrates. He infiltrates. So the purpose of music, the design of music, has been severely convoluted by the devil. Now let's talk for a moment about God's design for music, what it says in the Bible about music. I have a few verses here, Ephesians 5:19. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your hearts to the Lord. Psalms 95:1. Come, let's sing for joy to the Lord. Let's shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. And then 2 Chronicles 5.13. In unison, when the trumpeters and the singers were to make themselves heard with one voice to praise and to glorify the Lord, and when they raised their voices accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other musical instruments, and when they praised the Lord, saying, He is indeed good, for His kindness is everlasting. Okay, so there's three examples. And if you look up Bible verses about music, you'll find many, 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 okay? But what is one thing these these three examples all have in common? Praise to the Lord. <laughs> Joy to the Lord. Music is God's design. We are wired to love music. We are wired to love music. God designed us that way. But that's why Satan has infiltrated it entirely. God's design for music was to, as everything else, exalt him. Bring us closer to his presence. To make us closer to him. So Satan took that and flipped it on its head like he does everything else. Because he is the ruler of this world. And that is biblical. 
Now, Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as he thinks within himself, so he is. Okay. For as he thinks within himself, so he is. Now we're going to take that in the context of all the signs we just talked about with the prefrontal cortex and the reasoning and the critical analysis that the beta waves allow us to have when we receive information that the alpha waves totally disrupt. Okay, so your decision making is influenced by factors either inhibiting or prohibiting you from obeying the Lord. So when it's prohibiting you from obeying the Lord, you are then yielding to the enemy. And that's what happens when we take in this secular music. And this will all make sense when I get into the history of it. I just wanted to cover the basis of the science so that you understand how it's actually working within your body because it's, it's vital to know that, okay? So music ultimately does play a part of the great deception. Um, and as we know, as scripture tells us, there are two kingdoms, right? Either, you're either the, worshiping the kingdom of Christ or the kingdom of this world. And the melodies of this world are specifically designed to draw you far from God's presence, like I just said. 1 John 5, 19 says, we know that we are of God and that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Okay, this is a fallen world. And for that reason, it's Satan's kingdom and he will be stopped. Ultimately, God is sovereign, but such is the reality of natural sin. Okay, we live in a fallen world with an evil ruler. So we know that evil people control the world. Like I always say, just walk outside your front door. It's very easy to see that. Evil people control the world. And the last two years has told us a lot about that, but different, different topic for another time. Um, and the world controls mainstream music of all genres. All genres. Okay. And the music industry knows what they're doing. That's just plain and simple. The music industry 100% knows what they're doing and they've been doing it for a very, very long time. The human brain is a sponge in water and it is changed by music. And that's not just me saying that. There's evidence of this. And I found one example and I do want to thank Kevin Thomas for this because I found this through him. He did teach me a lot about the music industry over the past six months as well. So I want to give credit to him for this. Patty Hearst. Okay, if you haven't ever read about her, she was kidnapped by a terrorist group and her abductors, they shut her in a room and played loud rock music continually for hours to the point where she was brainwashed into believing that robbing banks for her terrorists, for her abductors, was a good idea. She did it willingly because they used music to brainwash her to change her central nervous system to disrupt her prefrontal cortex, to disrupt her critical thinking skills, where we filter our discernment, again, our spirituality, our morality, and our character. So her forced manipulation disrupted all of that, and she therefore could not think in reason because her beta waves were compromised to the point where she literally thought it was a good idea to rob banks. Because for her abductors, because of what they did. 
And this, this example, this right here, Patty Hearst, this is the devil's plan for all of us with secular music, is forcing conversion to convince us that these messages within these songs are all good ideas to change our character. And again, this isn't to scare you. This is to make you aware. Make you aware of every time you turn on the radio, what those songs are doing or trying to do. What the intention, what the purpose of those songs are. From all your favorite artists. And trust me, I spent a long time thinking Taylor Swift was the exception. I really did. <laughs> I, um, like I said, in 2020, when I started to wake up to all this kind of stuff before coming to Christ in late, late, late 2021, I thought she was the exception. So whoever you're thinking about right now, I promise they're not. <laughs> Unfortunately, I mean, it's, it's an unfortunate truth. And again, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. We will talk all about that in a moment. Um, staying on track with the question of where did this start exactly? How did it start? And who was responsible for the um, perpetuation of it? So some history, and this is all stuff you can look up and you might have to dig a little bit for it, I'll admit, but it's there. Um, in 1885, the Music Commission of Italy declared that all instruments and orchestra should use a tuning fork that vibrated at 440 hertz, okay? So that was different. 440 hertz was different from the original standard of 432 hertz around the world. And this is all the way back in 1885. Now, in 1917, the American Federation of Musicians endorsed the Italians and also adopted the 440 hertz. And then... In 1953, the 440 hertz frequency became worldwide standard. It became the worldwide standard for tuning all musical instruments. So the 432 hertz is said to have a natural vibration, which is fundamental to nature and mathematically consistent to the universe. So that's like the Fibonacci sequence, right? And then the 440 hertz, which became the worldwide standard in 1953, is an unnatural frequency meant to disturb our vibrations and our overtones. So, you know, again, you can look all this stuff up and you're going to find, if you go on Google, 100% you will find people saying, that's a conspiracy and that's a conspiracy, that's a conspiracy, that's a conspiracy. Use an alternate search engine if you can and dig. If you're really interested in this, dig. You have to dig, 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 dig. Because... They don't want you to know the truth. They'll cover it up and call everything a conspiracy. That's the, the word conspiracy is just a really great way to make someone with legitimate knowledge sound like an imbecile, right? With legitimate information sound like an absolute imbecile so that you don't take them seriously, so that you just write it off. Okay, but God has given us eyes to see and ears to listen, so... We don't take what the world says at face value. We go deeper than that. Now, this was strategic, right? This, this big shift from 432 to 440. This shift was strategic to lower the vibrations of the mass population because, like we just talked about Patty Hearst, 
controls the mind. So when you can control music, you can control the masses, which is the goal, which is the goal across the board, as we've seen with all of this pandemic crap over the past two years, right? Control the masses. That's always been the goal with every single thing that they do. It's the goal of Hollywood. It's the goal of the music industry. It's the goal of the medical industry. It's the goal of the pharmaceutical industry. It's the goal of the food industry. It's the goal of the government. Control the masses. So music, particularly, because of all of this, you know, aforementioned science pertaining to the brain and the alpha waves and the beta waves and the prefrontal cortex, music itself is a war on human consciousness. So is Hollywood and entertainment, television, all that, and porn, but it's a war on human consciousness. And Nikola Tesla said, if you want to find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibrations. And what's music? Energy, frequency, and vibrations. You know, music matters. Music matters. And again, if you look up Bible verses about music, you will find a ton of them. And it's because music matters. God designed music to draw us close to his presence. And Satan infiltrated that. So this whole shift from 432 to 440, that was used in the CIA operations, you know, Operation Paperclip and MK Ultra, you know, with MK Ultra particularly, they really discovered music as means of manipulating and controlling mankind. And MK Ultra is, if you're not aware, um, mind control. And that's something else that when you look up, they say it's a conspiracy theory, but it's not. There's literal CIA documents about this. Literal CIA documents about this saying that they use psychological operations as means of warfare. So this is legitimate stuff, okay? And it's all connected, right? Because the CIA is still involved with Hollywood, with entertainment industry, with the music. And it's all, they're all one and the same. They all worship the same ruler. And it's exactly what we just talked about with First John 5.19. The whole world lies in the power of the evil one. There's only two kingdoms and they ain't serving the kingdom of Christ. None of them. So um, we'll do an entire episode on MK Ultra and all that another time. But again, it, there's so much here. I had to condense what I could so I didn't overload you with information. Um, I mean, this the preparation for this took hours and hours and hours and hours. So... Imagine how many more hours that would have taken if I did really get into the depths of the MK Ultra stuff too, right? So we'll save that for another time. But you're free to go down all the rabbit holes about that on your own. <laughs> now, Dr. Daniel and Bernadette Shubin, um, their studies have proven that any music that contains pounding low frequencies is considered to be a brain drain literally damaging your brain via the alpha state influence on the prefrontal cortex. So I want to kind of caveat that by saying that music can be used for therapeutic purposes, right? People with epilepsy, for instance, have electro 
bioelectric abnormalities and that can be normalized by music for people like that, for instance. Now, I want to be clear. They're not listening to Cardi B or classic rock, like the Patty Hearst situation. It's like Mozart and Bach, you know, that kind of stuff. It's That standard was changed in um, 1953, right? So it's music from before that time that has therapeutic components because a lot of it does have that 432 natural frequency. So I just wanted to add a caveat to that because it was a question I had. So I know that someone listening may have the same question. Okay. Just want to put it out there. Now, therapy obviously isn't the goal with the music industry. Okay. I think we can all agree with that. Um, but these, these low pounding frequencies that I mentioned, they're all found, they're all found in rock, hip hop, pop, EDM, etc. Um, and that 440 hertz is obviously found in all modern music in one form or another. Now, okay, so they have the science, right? The, the musical elite industry has the science. So who is their, who is their kind of inspiration? Obviously Satan, but what's the physical manifestation of that? Aleister Crowley. Aleister Crowley was a wicked man, absolutely wicked. And there's a lot of controversy surrounding him. A lot of new age people, a lot of people involved in the occult. Some love him, but some will say that he's considered a joke. He's not taken seriously. (laughs) Of course, they would want you to think that. Of course, the powers that be would want them to think that. Because here's the truth about him, okay? And... I'm going to plead the blood of Jesus Christ over me and all viewers and listeners right now. So Crowley was an occultist and he had a, he had devout Christian parents that he rebelled against. Um, He was really fueled by a hatred for Jesus. Unlike anything seen. This is an actual quote by him in the book. Eye of the triangle that was written by Israel Regardi, I think I pronounced that correctly. Um, this book was published in 1970. And this is a quote directly from Alistair in the book, okay? So, to hell with Christianity. I want, I will build a new heaven and earth. I want blasphemy, murder, rape, and revolution. Okay. So, he is essentially the father of modern Satanism. Um... Anthony LaVey also, but that's another can of worms. And he's a self-declared Ipsimus, which means beyond the gods. He self-declared Ipsimus in 1921 for himself. Now, he wrote the law of Thelema. So Thelema is a word taken from Greek, and it means will. And Crowley claimed that the law of Thelema... It's a book, but it's also a philosophy, you know, that came from his book, um, a religion, essentially. He claimed that it was all dictated to him by an ancient Egyptian spirit and that it laid out for him the key principle of life as he saw it, which is the pursuit of individual will unconstrained by laws or ethics. 
and he is responsible for the term do what thou wilt. Do what thou wilt. Now, what does that mean? Do what you want. YOLO, right? Live your best life. Live like you're going to die young. Okay. Now, obviously, this is entirely unbiblical because all throughout the scripture, we're called to God's will and not our own. You know, Matthew 6.10, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. It's not my kingdom come, my will be done. It's thy kingdom come, thy will be done, meaning God. So do what thou wilt is a slap in the face to our savior, to the true living God. Crowley was known for his sex magic, eroticism, spirit cooking. Now, just like MKUltra, this is, I could do an entire episode on this topic. Uh, Spirit cooking. So just a brief synopsis. That involves sperm, breast milk, urine, and blood in ritualistic forms. So Marina, um, Marina Abramvik... I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. She adopted that from Crowley. And Marina has been seen with celebrities, musicians, politicians like Hillary Clinton. Um, Just to name another, Lady Gaga, okay? In these spirit cooking rituals. Ellen DeGeneres. (laughs) And again, this is another thing if you look up spirit cooking... Conspiracy theory, conspiracy theory, conspiracy theory. Why do they want to cover it up so bad? Why? If it's all BS, why paint over it so vigorously with conspiracy, 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 conspiracy? Why? If it's all nonsense, why even bother? Because it's not nonsense. This stuff is happening. Spirit cooking is real. And, you know, that kind of falls into the adrenochrome stuff, which in 2020, I, my eyes were pulled wide open to. That's kind of led me down all those rabbit holes. Um, Like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode with the music industry and with Hollywood and with the elites and all that, the adrenochrome, Epstein on the island, all connected. It's all connected. All of it. CIA, entertainment industry, music industry, the politicians with this kind of stuff. And it's sick. It's sickening. And it came from him. The inspiration of the music industry. Okay? It's sick. And Crowley, um, his tarot cards and his books, unfortunately, are still popular and still available for purchase. Look, don't, don't buy these books because you're curious. Just, you don't need them in your house, okay? You just don't need them. Um, he was a poet. So here's one of his beautiful, just absolutely breathtaking poems that he wrote. That's just gorgeous, just gorgeous literature, right? I bind my blood in Satan's hands. All this that lieth betwixt my hands, to thee the beast and thy control 
I pledge me body, mind, and soul. Bravo, Crowley. I mean, if that doesn't make your skin crawl, it... I don't know what will. It, it's sick. He, he was sick. He was a sick man. And there's so many like him today. Um, he taught that, and I quote, one could be a genius in music through practicing Satanism. I mean, this is the man that is the inspiration for classic and modern music. And when I say classic, I mean after 1953, when the frequency, the 440 hertz frequency became the worldwide standard, okay? So what was right after 1953? 1960, 1970, what was very popular in the 70s? What we refer to now as classic rock. Okay, so here's where I'm going to start to get into some of the examples. Okay, let's think rock influence of, <laughs> of Aleister Crowley. David Bowie, Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, The Beatles, Doors, Iron Maiden, Marilyn Manson. I mean, that goes without saying. Rolling Stones, Metallica, Queen. All rock music is, you know, classic rock music is dedicated to Crowley. And that's not, that's not a conspiracy. That's not a conspiracy. That is truth. And you can find it in their works. You can find it in the stuff that they have produced. Ozzy Osbourne, the Black Sabbath, I don't know if it was Ozzy Osbourne by himself or it was within Black Sabbath, but they have a song called Mr. Crowley, okay? And I mean, it all connects, right? The science and the spiritual, the stuff about the alpha waves and the beta waves and how music affects our prefrontal cortex and disrupts our reasoning process and, and has the ability to actually change who we are, change our discernment, our reasoning, our spirit, because of the way that it disrupts, disrupts the natural frequency and the bioelectrical currents of our body. Knowing all that, the science and the spiritual, it all connects. So let me talk about a little more in depth some of these rock influences. I have them saved on my phone. These are just some examples, okay? The Beatles, who placed him um, among dozens of other influential figures on the cover of their concept album, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. So he's actually on the album cover for that. Graham Bond, keyboard player and leader of the Graham Bond organization, recorded Holy Magic, a Thelemic Mass drawn from Crowley's writings. David Bowie, this one kind of broke my heart, but in hindsight, Labyrinth was pretty Gnostic, or pretty occultist, and I loved that movie when I was a kid. <laughs> uh, David Bowie, whose song Quicksand featured on his album Hunky Dory, makes the reference, quote, I'm closer to the golden dawn immersed in Crowley's uniform of imagery. Crowley features in the opening lyrics of the song Bala Versalis, recorded by Australian pub rock band Cold Chisel. Uh, numerous heavy metal rockers have incorporated Crowley in their lyrics, though their interpretations more often follow the tabloid Satanist image of Crowley 
and not necessarily his Thelemic writings. So I just want to really quick make the distinction there. Satanism and Thelemia are different, okay? Thelemia is essentially Gnosticism. So Gnosticism is, of course, you're your own God or God is within you. And, you know, there's no, like we just said, with do what thou will, that means you are of your own authority. You are your own God. So that is essentially, or not essentially, it is a worldly doctrine. And like I've been saying, there are only two kingdoms. It's the kingdom of the world or the kingdom of Christ. So because Thelema is a worldly doctrine and Satan is the ruler of the world, the power lies in the evil one, Thelema is satanic. Although the definitions are technically different. So I just wanted to just kind of make that clear in case there was any confusion. So, um, Ozzy Osbourne in his solo album, oh, okay, it was a solo album, Blizzard of Oz released the song Mr. Crowley, which was about Crowley's struggles and beliefs. Um, the ministry have also referred to Crowley in lyrics and sampled his voice on the track Golden Dawn from their Land of Rape and Honey album. That's a nice name. Just a quick break from the episode to remind you that if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you listen or watch. It's especially helpful on the Apple Podcast app to leave a five-star rating and written review. It really helps get this into more people's ears and it would be really greatly appreciated. Thank you so much. Okay. Um... (laughs) American progressive metal band Tool is heavily influenced by Crowley's works. Admitted, they admit to that. Um, Led Zeppelin guitarist Jimmy Page owned Crowley's estate from 1971 to 1992. And on the pressings of Led Zeppelin 3 album, one or more Aleister Crowley quotes are inscribed into the runoff matrix of the vinyl which is the space between the last groove and the label. Um, That's nice. Mick Jagger composed the soundtrack to another Crowley-inspired Kenneth Anger film, Invocation of My Demon Brother. Crowley is the old man pictured on the cover of Led Zeppelin's fourth album. Just so much. There's just so much. The lead singer of the Red Hot Chili Peppers is an admirer of Crowley and the song 666, you know, it's just all over the place. He's literally in everything, in everything, all classic rock. And then obviously all that music trickles into the modern day. So, you know, the the messages obviously of these rock of this rock music it's far from wholesome it's far from wholesome it's um i mean that goes for music now too but it's all you know the saying sex drugs and rock and roll that's coined from the rock and roll movement and the thing is with with everything that i'm saying now look it's naive to believe that this is simply entertainment it is naive to believe that the music that we have been listening to our entire lives, that our parents listen to, it's naive to believe that it's simply entertainment, okay? 100% an agenda of brainwashing. 
Okay, we have all of the science. We know that music changes the bioelectrical frequencies of the brain, thus changing our character. We know that in 1953, the frequency standard was changed for which music should be tuned to. That went from a natural, mathematically sound frequency that resonates with our bodies to one that actually is designed to disrupt our bodies. So this is, again, not a conspiracy. This is all real stuff. It's naive to think that it's all a farce. It's naive to think that it's all entertainment. They know the science, okay? The industry knows the science, and they all worship Crowley and you know, these truths, these realities, they, they just can't be negated. They can't be negated. Now, it's not just rock. It's not just like classic rock. It is rap and it's hip-hop. Um, it's pop music. It's EDM. I dare to say it's country. I know people had questions about that. Uh, but, you know, this is just the issue with secular music across the board. So kind of jump, jumping into a new genre, more modern day, XXX Temptation. So I did a little research on that name in and of itself. X is the 24th letter in the alphabet. Two plus four equals six. There's three X's. <laughs> um, so it's rumored that he was killed by the Illuminati as a satanic sacrifice, which happens a lot within the music industry, within the entertainment industry. Whitney Houston. Um, could name a lot of names there, but yeah, he was killed by the Illuminati and that's of course a little more speculative, but he himself, before he died, actually made, I think it was tweets saying that if he dies, it's because the Illuminati killed him and then he got killed. Um, so he, before he died, actually talked about the music industry and the Hertz thing and how he could tap into that, how he knew how to manipulate the Hertz. And then imagine that he was killed. Just like whenever anyone else speaks out about these things, they're killed. Um, there's a lot of all-seeing eye symbolism. So symbolism is just like another can of worms. There's so much here. Hemke Ultra Spirit Cooking, the, the hand symbolism, you know, the all-seeing eye, the triangle that the hand over the eye, the tongue out, the devil horns, the 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 sick symbol, all of it. It's if you look at these pictures of celebrities and their photo shoots, they're all doing this, right? And then they're all doing that, and they're all they're, their tongues out. And I'll get into how the tongue thing is extremely unbiblical in a little bit when I talk about Miley Cyrus. Yeah, but <laughs> it's just. You, you see these things and you can't unsee them. You start to see them everywhere because God gives you those eyes to see. Now, we'll also jump with Tyga, right? He doesn't believe in God. He thinks the idea of God is whack. He's like, well, I never met him. I never saw him, but I've seen a possum, like just watering down the eternal one into comparing to a possum. But... He wears Crowley t-shirts. Okay. <laughs> now, John 844. All these celebrities, I'm going to dive into a lot more of them in a minute, but all these celebrities and Crowley himself, right? John 844 says, 
you are your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and has nothing to do with the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and the father of lies. So these people that love Satan, that love Crowley, and Crowley loved Satan, said one could be a genius through music through practicing Satanism, right? Their father is the devil. And these are the people that we hang posters up of. That we pay hundreds of dollars to go see in stadium performances. That we work out to. That we dance at the club to. We just idolize. Now... There's so many celebrities, I couldn't possibly get into all of them, and I'm not going to dive deep into each celebrity themselves because I want to highlight rather than, you know, the quality per celebrity, more, more so the quantity of them so that you can really understand just how wide this is. So we also have that whole notion of do what thou wilt, which is YOLO. So I have here... Just 12 examples of songs where the YOLO mantra is perpetuated, right? So we have Machine Gun Kelly and Waka Flocka Flame, Wild Boy. We have Flo Rida and Sia, Wild Ones. Mac Miller, I know people don't want to hear that, Live Free. Mac Miller was probably another sacrifice. Then we have Drake, The Motto. Rick Ross and Kanye West, Live Fast, Die Young. Lil Wayne and Rick Ross, John, If I Die Today, Machine Gun Kelly, and, well, we did that already, and Waka Flocka Flame, Wild Boy, uh, One Direction, something that seems so innocent, Forever Young, Jay-Z, Forever Young, One Direction, Live Like We're Young, Kesha, Die Young, Kesha is uh, doing a lot right now, isn't she? Coming out with that Supernatural show and her and also Demi Lovato. Like, Demi... I, so, Kesha's niche is the Supernatural, like, paranormal. Whereas Demi Lovato is now singing to aliens. Um, so, these people, I mean, they, they have no interest in Jesus Christ. And they don't want you interested in Jesus Christ at all. Watch the cool show about aliens. Watch the cool show about the musician doing paranormal investigations. The, the band Fun, We Are Young. It's just... And, you know, all those songs all about being young and living free, being wild, doing what you want, doing what you want, do what you want, do what you want. There's a lot of that in the pop punk I used to listen to, too. It's just... All do what thou wilt. Ultimately, the Crowleyan Doctrine. The Crowleyan Doctrine, which is the Thelemic Doctrine, which, as we said, because Thelema is a worldly doctrine and the world lies in the power of the evil one, it is inherently satanic. So this is all devil worship. It just is. And then, what else do we have here? <laughs> so... The Three Six Mafia, the name, Three Six, the Three Six Mafia, the Devil Mafia, 
we just don't even, we're so desensitized to this stuff that we don't even realize it, right? The rapper Lil Uzivert, say that fast. Lil Uzivert, Lucifer, Lucifer. It's disturbing. It's just disturbing stuff. Now, the Lil Nas X music video, I think the song's Montero or something, you know, where he's giving a lap dance to the devil. And I remember when that happened, um, a lot of Christians spoke out about it. And of course, they were called crazy. They were called reaching. They were called extreme. They were like, that's the point. He's doing it on purpose. He's doing it to get a rise out of you. Okay. Anyone that, people that do something, you know, obviously controversy sells and all that, but, but people that do things to get a rise out of people, like I've heard people say that about Elon Musk too, that, oh, he, he does things intentionally. He tweets cryptic things to send people down rabbit holes. Like, why are you justifying that? Why are you defending that behavior? That's, that's like actually sociopathic. That's not something that a normal, sound, kind, healthy person does. Unless they're money-hungry devil worshippers, right? So we don't need to idolize these people that actually hate us. Like, like they hate you. They hate you. Taylor Swift hates me. Someone actually said that to me, said that to me when I started to kind of come out of my shell with all this Christianity stuff. Or not even the Christianity stuff, but like my conservative viewpoints, you know? Because, I mean, the woke agenda is just rampant throughout the music industry, if you haven't noticed. But someone said to me, Taylor Swift would actually hate you if she met you. And you know what? That's true. She would. She would hate me. And I spent years crying at her feet. But before we get to the Taylor Swift thing, let's go back to the little Nas thing. Um, that music video is disgusting. And you, you know the thing that celebrities do, and you know, Cardi B too, like that picture of Cardi B, literally dressed head to toe as the devil, trying to look sexy. And that's the thing that Hollywood does, and that the music industry does. They, they make Satan appear attractive, um, seductive, or like a homeboy, like they water down how actually malignant and evil he is as just like a homeboy or someone that you can relate to or someone that you want to seduce you or be seduced by. It, why would they do that if God wasn't real? <laughs> um... They, they, they intentionally make, make Satan look edgy to, to desensitize you, okay? So this is all, this is all like MKUltra stuff too. This, the, the mind control, the brainwashing, the repetitive visuals. We see it, we see it, we see it. It's not just the music itself, it's the visuals that they give us too. We see it, we see it. And a lot of the stuff, right, the music is coming in with the music video itself. So it's particularly Lil Nas X. So we're in the alpha state. So we're just taking it in. We're like, yeah, this is great. This is cool. Can't critically analyze what we're actually watching. It's it's devil worship. Um, so Lady Gaga, like I mentioned with the spirit cooking thing, Lady Gaga is 100% an Illuminati witch, like through and through. And we see, you know, she was very famous years ago, but... We can see a lot of that with the way she used to dress and the outfits. And, you know, it was, oh, it's all just fashion. No, 
it's not her making a statement. Well, it is her making a statement, but it's it's beyond her making a, the statement that we think she's making. And then we have Billie Eilish. Oh, boy. I could do an entire episode about Billie Eilish. Um, and I do want to mention that people like Billie Eilish and a lot of these celebrities, you know, Lil Nas X is young, too. Um, Miley Cyrus was young when she got involved with all this. And Disney is an entire whole other episode. Like I said, this is all connected stuff, but I had to condense it somehow best I could. So I hope you're keeping up. Um, I'm sorry if I just keep throwing balls at you left and right, but it's just, it's a lot, right? So Billie Eilish, she, wow. I mean, it kind of speaks for itself with Billie. Now, On one hand, I guess that's not true, though, because I used to love Billie Eilish. And even though I saw it, I saw the satanic imagery. I heard the the words, you know, all the good girls go to hell. You know, I, I heard the words. I sang along. I thought the songs were cool. I thought they were good. I thought she was good. I thought she was cool. So even when it's right in front of us, we, we don't necessarily recognize the severity of it, again, because we're so desensitized to it. But just look at her work. And that's another thing with the hand signals and, and the imagery. Look at some of her photo shoots, especially since she turned 18 and now it's just all T and A from her, right? Um, and sex magic, of course, is Crowlinian. But um, we'll talk about that in a moment. Billie Eilish, you know, her the... When the party's over, I think the song is music video. Bleeding black eyes disturbing stuff music videos with like spiders coming out of her mouth and demonic possession like crawling and floating upside down her eyes black or her eyes totally white like you know messed up stuff in the video all the good girls go to hell she's literally depicted as a fallen angel just glorifying satan i think she even tweeted like why do people trust me lol i'm satan and there's a video of her, there's an interview from, I think when she was 17, where she talks about how everyone in the music industry is so effing sad. Like she says, we're so effing sad. And someone asks her if it's worth it. And she's like, yes. It's like, she's told to say yes, right? Um, so again, these people are victims. Like they are MK Ultra victims. Um, but it gets to a point where and I don't know them personally, so I can't speak for all of them. It gets to a point where it's like a willing victimhood. Like, they, they just keep doing it because they get the fame. They get the riches. They have people like me coming up to Alex Gascar saying, you saved my life. That goes to your head. Um, so it's just, I mean, it's everywhere. And Billie, Billie Eilish is, um, she's a big one. And, and, and we should pray for her. We should pray for her. Because she really has a beautiful voice. And can you imagine if that voice of hers was sung, was singing praise for Jesus? Like, I'd be down for that, honestly. Let's talk about her, Taylor Swift. <laughs> I will admit, I will probably spend the most time on this one. Um, because again, this is my own idol I'm crushing. So, Taylor Swift. Illuminati witch, 100%. Um, you know, I didn't even make this connection until recently, but her most recent album, Folklore. What is folklore? It's magic. It's magic. It's witchcraft. 
And in the Willow music video, which comes from the Evermore album, right? Willow came from Evermore, right? I'm getting them confused. Willow music video, they're all like in red cloaks and it's under the moon. It's very occultist. And But I want to really particularly focus on her Reputation album. Because that's when I really started to change as a person. I was 100% MK Ultrad by the Reputation album. Um, I listened to that religiously when it came out. And the Look What You Made Me Do song particularly. Now, if you remember the scandal with Kanye West and Kim Kardashian at the time, um, that was the story. That, that was the whole, like, this is why I'm doing it. I'm rebranding because I'm, I'm just finally owning the reputations that I've had over the past, you know, six, seven years as the girl who writes songs about heartbreak and blah, 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 blah and whatever. So... That was the story, but here's the thing. I really started to think about that music video. I was watching it for the, I was preparing for this episode, and it's entirely Satan, Satanism. I mean, the red dress, the gold throne she's sitting in, it's an Illuminati thing. Um, it's the gold dawn that we just talked about with Crowley and with all the rock music, the gold dawn. Um, the snakes. I mean, the snake thing was, that was her gimmick with the Reputation album, if you don't remember. And I mean, we all know what the serpent represents. We all know who the serpent is. And she was owning that as her identity. She was owning that as a part of her in the music video. She's surrounded by them. It's pouring her tea. Um, when I saw her in concert for that album, for the Reputation album, This came up on my Snapchat memories recently and my jaw dropped because in that performance, she has it, like a hundred foot snake come out on the stage, like a hundred foot python with glowing red eyes. And everyone's like, whoa, cause it's like so cool. Wow. But it's like, that is allegiance to Satan. And I'll talk in a moment about the rituals of shows, but that was my own experience. And I didn't see it at the time. But I was I was brainwashed by Taylor Swift um, because when that album came out, I started to really change as a person. You know, I I can really coin, like I can put my finger on the moment when my relationship changed. I was really, I was really happy in my, um, in my relationship then until that album came out and I started listening to it. And then guess what started happening? I started to get curious about other guys. I wanted to sleep around. I wanted, I wanted that experience. I, I was always thirsty for more. I was always thirsty for more passion. I was always thirsty for sex. I was always thirsty for that rush. Got curious about other guys. And that just kind of like went on and on and on. That was a pattern throughout the years. And guess who I turned to all the time? Guess who I turned to to satiate those feelings within me? Guess who I turned to to feel seen? Guess who I turned to to absolve me of the guilt? Taylor Swift, her music. I turned to her 
got lost in the lyrics, lost in the sound, lost in the beats, you know? Big reputation. Like, like, like moving my hips in my car seat, like, by myself, just, like, mm, feeling it. And just... It, it changed me. That album changed me. It made me... It put me under a guy. It was a sex, it was sex magic. 100%. Um... Look what you made me do music video again. Just, you know, her literally coming out of the grave. We all know who the only person who defeated the grave was, right? And it wasn't Taylor Swift. It was Jesus Christ. So that's utter blasphemy right there in and of itself. And then, of course, I mean, the famous the famous line from that song um, that everyone just screamed and shouted about because it was so cool. It was so cool. And I'm getting chills thinking about it. I'm getting chills right now. Um, the old Taylor can't come to the phone right now. Why? Oh, because she's dead. Now, listen, I don't know if I subscribe to the cloning stuff yet, but maybe, maybe right? Maybe. Um, but either way, that's that's a metaphor or a literal that's a metaphor the old taylor is dead this is the new one this is the new sexual one this is the new bad one she had that song i did something bad why does it feel so good <sighs> honey i rose up from the dead i do it all the time i used to i used to work out to that song and I, I, I identified with that song. I identified with everything she put out. Honey, I rose up from the dead. I do it all the time. And again, we know the only person who conquered the grave was. And it wasn't her. But it was this theme of rebirth. Death and rebirth, death and rebirth. And we do see that a lot throughout music in general. But that song really comes to mind when I think about it in that context. And... um yeah, just just really disturbing stuff. And it honestly it was even before Reputation, you know, in the Blank Space music videos, she's biting an apple and we all know what that represents. But this is all stuff I didn't see. Like I did not see it before. Even though I was seeing it, I wasn't seeing it. And that's the problem for everybody. That's the problem for the people that you love, the people that I love. Spiritual blindness. They can't see. Even though they can physically see, they can't see and that's the point and that's again ties back into the science with the alpha waves putting you in an alpha state as you consume this stuff so that you you are further blind to it because not only does it spiritually blind you it physically changes who you are because satan understands that science and I recently just saw Taylor Swift on stage for something or other say, I'm doing this new thing called whatever the hell I want or something along those lines. And the, when I heard that, what instantly came to mind was do what thou wilt. And it, it, it made me really sad. Like it broke my heart. It does break my heart to talk about this stuff because these are people. I mean, they're people. They are spiritually contracted to satan that whole like sell your soul to the devil thing where do you, do you think that just comes from nowhere you think that's just made up come on there's nothing new under the sun a bible verse 
these are people, and it's heartbreaking because they are victims. Taylor Swift got involved young, too. How, how does this little polite girl from Reading, Pennsylvania, like basically in my backyard, just turn into this? Now, again, I don't know if I subscribe to the cloning thing. There's this whole, like, rabbit hole about Taylor Swift, too, that I found years ago about her potentially being a clone to, um, I forget the girl's name, Xena something. If you look this up, you'll find it immediately. Her being a clone of, like, the high priestess of the Satanist church. And honestly, like, they look like twins. It's it's disturbing. Again, I don't know how I feel about the cloning thing. You can message me and let me know your thoughts on that. Um, haven't done enough research or haven't prayed enough about it to really have an opinion. But honestly, I'm open for anything because nothing would surprise me at this point. Uh, but... Yeah, maybe Taylor Swift is a clone. They say that that's why she had like such an emphasis on the 1989 album because like really, really had the push that she was born in 1989. She was born in 1989. She's not a clone of Xena, whatever her name is. She's born in 1989. <laughs> uh, but again, that's like speculative. Uh, and then we have Ariana Grande, <clears throat> the witch herself. Now, we'll, we'll kind of like tie all three of these girls together really quick. Ariana Grande, Lana Del Rey, and Miley Cyrus all did a song together called Don't Call Me Angel. And this, I, I still had like towards the beginning of my salvation, <clears throat> my gym playlist, all songs that I felt were empowering and Don't Call Me Angel was one of them. And I remember one day it came on while I was at the gym and I'm listening to the words and I'm thinking, what the heck? This is... You know, like six months ago, I was listening to this like dance and like, don't call me angel. Like, I'm really sorry you had to hear that. Um, but, like, I'm like dancing to it, thinking this is so cool and sexy. And now I'm listening to the words like, what? Like, that's, it, it's, it, it's devil worship. It, it's devil worship. Devil allegiance. Satan allegiance. Um, and all three of them are witches. Ariana Grande, there's a lot there. But just to briefly touch on it, God is a woman, lowercase g. Um, the album cover is upside down and the upside down stuff, that's all, that's similar to like the hand symbols and, you know, the all seeing eye and the tongue out, all that stuff. That's like another just, it's just another Satan thing. And you can look all this stuff up. Like I said, you're going to have to dig, use an alternate search engine, all that, but it's there the symbolism is a totally different can of worms, but they put it in front of our faces. We just don't see it because of the spiritual blinders. But the God is a Woman song, that's something else I would listen to and think, this is so cool. This is so sexy. Like, I feel so empowered. Like, yeah, I'm gonna, gonna, you know, sleep with my man and he's gonna think that God is a woman because of the way that I sleep with him. And I'm sorry to be vulgar about it, but that's, that's the song. That's literally what the song is saying. All right, another quick break in this episode to tell you that you can donate to the Heaven and Healing Podcast Ministry at donorbox.org slash heaven-healing-podcast-ministry. And I will leave the note for that in the show notes. Every single proceed goes directly to the maintenance of this podcast. Thank you so much if you donate. So let's talk about Miley for a second. Uh, if you remember like Miley's, Miley's thing was the tongue out, the tongue out. Um, and I looked that up biblically and I, my jaw dropped when I read this. So it's Isaiah 57, four, 
Of whom do you make fun? Against whom do you open wide your mouth and stick out your tongue? Are you not children of rebellion, offspring of deceit? There's a lot of pictures of Billie Eilish like that too. And whenever you see celebrities with their tongue out, that's exactly what it is. I mean, now I'm not... I'm not talking about your next door neighbor's daughter who sticks her tongue out for a picture, okay? I'm talking about the elites, for the record. I just want to say that again, like I said at the very beginning. I'm not coming at people that are making music because I love it. This is about the elites. This is the mainstream music industry. This is the secular music industry. So that whole tongue thing, when you see that in pictures, when you see that in music videos, that is a direct slap of Isaiah 57.4. Against whom do you open wide your mouth and stick out your tongue? And then Lana Del Rey is, is openly a witch. Um, there's a lot there, like the season of the witch thing. There's pictures of her like cradling, cuddling the satanic Bible. That song, your, your love is my, my religion. When I'm on my knees, you're how I pray. Like, it's just gross. And all these women, you know, Cardi B, WAP, Megan Thee Stallion, um, Miley Cyrus, Taylor Swift, Ariana Grande, Beyonce, can't forget Beyonce, all these women in the secular music industry all are practicing sex magic on you and themselves. And 1 Thessalonians 4.3 says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that is, that you abstain from sexual immorality which none of these women do, none of them. And they encourage you to be sexually immoral. They call it empowering. They sing about it in their songs when you're in that alpha state, right? And again, sex magic, esoter the esotericism, the eroticism comes from the Crowley stuff that he wrote a lot about within the law of Thelema. So this is all connected. It's all connected to Crowley, essentially, and it's all connected to the devil. I don't want to give Crowley the 100%, you know, end-all, be-all for this because it is Satan himself that is the end-all, be-all for it. But Crowley's doctrines gave birth to classic rock, which classic rock ultimately gave birth to modern music, right? So it's all there. And there's pictures, like I said, of celebrities wearing his t-shirts, you know, Tyga, J the Jonas Brothers, even. Like, people that you just, you wouldn't think. Um, but it's all of them. It's truly all of them. And now, we'll talk about shows for a moment. The ritual of, of shows. Think, think about these events that we go to. They're center stage, and obviously, you know, you have to see them, so it makes sense. But we're screaming, we're yelling, we're throwing up <laughs> we're crying we're so excited we're idolizing these people and they're putting us in an alpha state all of us it's a big ceremony it's a big ritual they're putting all of us in an alpha state and just singing those songs spreading these messages these thelemic messages these satanic messages these gnostic messages singing and you're singing along you're throwing your hands up in the air and you know this is connected to african tribes and you know no disrespect to the african culture obviously 
but ancient African tribes, and remember what I said earlier about the low pounding beats, think about tribal music, right? The drum. So in those ancient tribes, they would dance. They would dance. And Bob Larson wrote several books on the evil role of music and its effect on its listeners, talking about those connections between demons and dancing, particularly he compared the African tribes to, you know, how they, how the beat of the drum, they would dance to the beat of the drum and they use the beat of the drum to let voodoo, otherwise known as demons, enter their body. And he compared that, Bob Larson compared that to the ritual of rock shows, but of course that can be compared to the ritual of any show. So what spirits do we let in at these shows? Now you'll hear a lot of people talk about the Donda show with Kanye West. And I have a soft spot for Kanye, okay? I admit it. Um, because I, again, I don't know these people personally, but I see, at least I think I see how, how he has tried to break free of the programming of, of, the, of the thing, but gets reprogrammed again. And we haven't heard from him in a while now, so God only knows what's happening. But the Donda show, I mean, there were people, there were testimonies from people in that audience saying they felt like they were, they were being possessed. They felt demons. They didn't feel right. And um, if you watch it, it's, it's, I'm, I'm getting chills again. It's disturbing stuff. It's, it's scary. It's, it was a scary ritualistic performance and people will be like, that's just entertainment. That's just entertainment. No, it's not. Do you really think that this is not intentional? Come on. Um, these shows, these shows are rituals. And look, I'm not here to tell you don't ever go to a concert again for the rest of your life. I'm just, again, bringing you the awareness, bringing you the awareness. Um, like would I go see All Time Low Live? Probably. You know what I mean? But would I do it sober? Yep. Going back to the very beginning about how we talked about uh, drugs and alcohol are also responsible for putting you in an alpha state. Why do you think that is so prominent amongst these festivals and these shows? Because the more in the alpha state you are, the more susceptible you are to influence to brainwashing to spirits alcohol is called spirits and do you really think all this stuff can just be a coincidence um now edm shows particularly i wanted to touch on because we go back to those low pounding beats right the brain damage literally damaging the brain changing the makeup and edm shows and festivals raves things like that heavy drug use that's like what they're known for psychedelics acid molly ecstasy right um obviously alcohol but usually it's those like hard drugs at these kinds of shows and people get addicted to them they go back for more and more and more and more and more i've heard i've heard horror stories from friends who have been to these shows that have seen things that are evil inherently evil if you look at a lot of the imagery of these rave shows, what they put on stage, there's a lot of snakes again, snakes, um, big wide open mouths, um, skulls, just things that represent evil, just things that represent evil. And the open mouth thing, 
that ties back to Astro World as well, which if you remember all that controversy months back, I don't even remember when that happened, but with Travis Scott and Astro World and how people were saying with that too, it felt like a, a demon possession thing. And the testimonies were really scary from that night saying that they weren't listening to people. They were just trampling people. It was like, it was a sacrifice. I said that about the Donda show too. It was like a sacrifice. And if you look at Travis Scott's shirt in that, he literally has little people on his shirt going through a portal. Then they're demons. Like, do you think this stuff is an accident? And then the big open mouth he had to walk through to get into Astro World. That's biblical. Imagine that. And that big open mouth that you see, that's a lot of festivals and raves. That it just looks different. But the big open mouth thing, lots of festivals and raves. Isaiah 5.14. Therefore, Sheol has enlarged its throat and opened its mouth beyond measure. And Jerusalem's splendor, her multitude, her noise of revelry, and the jubilant within her descend into it. Now, what's Sheol? Oh, well, Sheol just translates to the house of death. So the house of death has enlarged its throat and opened its mouth beyond measure. And Jerusalem's splendor, her multitude, descend into it. So the participants are Jerusalem descending into the house of death when you go to the rituals or the shows. <laughs> so that was a lot. I know that was a lot, but it's important to be made aware of. And like I said, just because I didn't name the celebrity doesn't mean they're not a part of it. I was just trying to provide a lot, a handful of examples. I think I did a little more than a handful, but... It's prominent. Devil worship is prominent in the music industry. It's what they are about. They capitalize on it. And again, we idolize celebrities. And that's part of the problem because I know some people may listen to this and some people may not even finish this because it might be triggering when they hear XYZ name or they think it's bizarre. Listen, if you talk to somebody about this and they call you bizarre, they call you extreme, you mentioned the Lil Nas X music video and they call you extreme. You talk about Taylor Swift, they call you extreme. Kanye, they call you extreme with the Donda thing. What's extreme, okay? What's extreme is how blatant it is. What's extreme is the lengths these celebrities go to to put it out there all the time. At their shows in their music videos, in their songs, at their events, at the events they go to, the performances they have at the events, the Super Bowl. I didn't even talk about Eminem, but he's another one. You know the song Lose Yourself? He talks about the New World Order. You know, we're listening to that in the 90s and didn't even hear it, but that's there. And Slim Shady is a demon. His alter ego? No, it's a spirit that possesses him. So, it's not extreme to dig into these things. They're not conspiracies. They're not conspiracies. The evidence is there. And it's blatant. It's right in front of our eyes. Look at Demi Lovato, the stuff that she puts out there. Laying on a bed, on a cross bed, surrounded by fire, tied up. Come on.
And we love these people. <laughs> we love them. I love them. But here's the thing. They're not our salvation. They are not our salvation. And this is all real stuff. And if all that's not enough evidence, I mean, go to the Bible. Ezekiel 28, 13 through 15. Listen close. This is talking about the devil. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, the ruby, the topaz, and the diamond, the beryl and the onyx and the jasper, the lapis lazuli, the turquoise and the emerald, and the gold, the workmanship of your settings and sockets was in you. On the day you were created, they were prepared. You were the anointed cherub who covers, and I placed you there. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked in the midst of the stones of fire. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created. Until righteousness was found in you. So, with this verse. Now, that's so weird because I feel like it was it was here and now it's not. But it mentions in, in this verse how he had the... You know, he was blinged out, obviously, but he also had thy pipes. He had thy pipes. Until unrighteousness was found in you. That's so funny. That part, I literally had it here and now it's not there. That's insane. Um, I always have some sort of spiritual warfare when I make these episodes. There's always some sort of technical difficulty when I do these episodes. So there it is. There's the one. But find a translation of those verses, Ezekiel 28, 13 through 15, and you will find that, yeah, he talks about Satan blinged out with stones and the master of thy pipes. Master of thy pipes. I'm Googling it. Yes, the workmanship of thy taberets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee on the day that thou wast created. That's from the King James Version. So, Satan is the, fa is the father of music and the father of crystals, evidently, but we'll talk about that another time. Satan was the father of music. And God intentionally created music to bring us closer to him, but he found iniquity in Satan. He found unrighteousness in Satan. He was banished. Now he's the ruler of this world. How do you rule the world? Control music, control the masses. They all know this. So what? What now? What do we do with all of this information? Okay. Can I still listen to it? You might ask. I like music. Can I still listen to it? Well, I'm not here to tell you either way. I don't think you should subject your kids to it. I will say that because those little tiny baby minds are like sponges and they need to be filled with things that are holy and not of the world. Whether or not you should listen to it, I encourage you to take that up with God, pray on it, see what he says. I will leave you with these Bible verses though. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. So sober-minded, right, would mean not succumbing to those alpha waves all the time. 
where we can't think critically and can't reason. And we know that the things that trigger those alpha waves, drugs, alcohol, music, porn, TV, all of it. And then we also have Ephesians 5.11, do not participate in the useless deeds of darkness, but instead expose them. So expose the darkness. Don't participate in it. So you take that up with God. You know, I'm not going to tell you one way or another, listen to it or don't. This episode was to inform you, was to bring you the information. And now you use the discernment given to you by the Holy Spirit to decide what to do with it. I'm not going to tell you either way. You're not supposed to listen to my instruction. I'm just giving you the information. So personally, what do I do? If you want to know, do I ever listen to music, secular music? I indulge once in a while. I want to admit though, it doesn't hit the same at all. I might like the good all-time low song here and there, Dance Around the Dear Maria, which is about a stripper and I was listening to it when I was 14, but I digress. Um, I really like to listen to worship music a lot. I mean, I enjoy now music that does draw me closer to the presence of God. I get worship songs stuck in my head, which is so different from walking around this time a year and a half ago when WAP was stuck in my head. And I was running to that and lifting to that. But now I I run two miles to podcasts, which is something I never thought I would say, but I'm really into it. But anyway, ultimately, here's the thing. Okay, Revelations 18.22 says, And the sound of harpists, musicians, flute players, and trumpeters will never be heard in you again, and no craftsman of any craft will ever be found in you again. And the sound of a mill will never be heard in you again. So in Revelations, it does say, essentially, that the sound of the worldly music will never be heard again. So God is going to stop this. God is going to stop all the deception of Satan. We know that God, God is one. We know the victory lies in God and that he is sovereign. So take note of that, Okay. Know that as corrupt as all of this is, even if the people that you love love this music, God is sovereign and this will be stopped. It says so in the Bible that it will never be heard again. I will lead or leave with Psalms 150, 1 through 6. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty expanse. Praise for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with harp and lyre. Praise him with tambourine and dancing. Praise him with stringed instruments and flute. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him resounding cymbals. Everything that has breath shall praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So those of you that love to sing, that love to dance, that love to play instruments, do it for God. Make everything that you do be for the Lord because he gave you this life and he loves you. This episode was a lot, and I'm aware of that, and um, I hope that you you really retained the information, um, because I know it was extremely dense at times. Um, thanks for listening, if you're still here. Let's close out in prayer. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for allowing this episode to reach far and wide to your children that you want to hear the message, Lord, so that you can give them the eyes to see and the ears to hear the truth about the world that we live in, Lord, so that you can encourage them to be vigilant and sober-minded, so that you can instill within them the truth, oh God, that music is in exhaustion of you and nothing else, Lord. I pray that those listening will be more enticed in praising you than in abiding in the fleshly 
addictions of music or other things that stimulate our alpha waves, Lord. And I thank you so much for allowing this episode to plant so many seeds in believers and non-believers alike. And Lord, those listening that don't have faith in you, that haven't found Christ, I just pray wholeheartedly for them that you would soften their hearts, Lord, and that you would use the truths like the ones that we talked about in this episode to expose the darkness to them, Lord, so that they understand you, Jesus Christ, are the light. And all this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.